You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. Silence, yeah, you, this is going to be a weird show, because normally this is the part where we hear, and I'm Brad Jackson. But there's no Brad Jackson. I'm here by myself for the very first ever Cigar Nerds solo show. <laughs> Don't worry, Brad is uh, still around. So quick explanation i wanted to get another show up before halloween and hopefully if all goes well y'all are hearing this uh, on halloween night because i wanted to talk about some spooky shit but brad was working out of town and then as soon as he got back into town he caught the plague so yeah uh i'm gonna say fuck it i'm just gonna pound some monsters get some caffeine in me and i'm gonna try to talk to y'all do this uh Show solo. I couldn't find any uh, fill-in hosts this week, so we'll see if this sucks or not. <laughs> and you also may notice I'm not smoking, so there's not going to be a... Uh, what are we smoking this week? Because, unfortunately, with Brad not being in here, I'm medically unable to smoke for the next 43 days. Um, I'm having, as this show's released, I'm having surgery on Friday... Doctor said no tobacco use four weeks before your surgery or six weeks after. So normally the plan was there would at least be Brad or someone here to do a cigar review. But since you're just getting me, we got no uh, review for you this week. But how about y'all give me a review? Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of using this opportunity because I still get bored sitting at home by myself. So I still go to the cigar shop just to hang out and socialize and I will buy a stick while I'm there and use this time to kind of stock my home humidor. And I'm trying to buy something different every time I go in instead of buying my just kind of regular everyday smokes. That way my house humidor finally has, it's finally fully loaded and has a nice variety of smokes. So if you've got a favorite cigar that you've not heard us review on the podcast or, or whatnot, send it to us, email us at cigar nerd, uh, pod at or cigar nerd podcast at gmail.com or comment section of YouTube. Hit us up on our Facebook page. Give us your cigar recommendations for, uh, for once. And normally, yeah, we're always giving you our recommendations. You know, hell give us some recommendations. You know, uh, I am traveling to Mexico, so maybe I'll, uh, see if I can smuggle some Cubans back and we can review those whenever I start smoking in. See if the hype is, uh, is, uh, worth it. <laughs> so, but, you know, like I said, hopefully this is going to be our Halloween episode and we are, or I keep saying we cause it's force of habit, but <laughs> I'm going to be reviewing werewolf by night. And if I run out of things to say, hell, we'll throw in some other spooky shit I've seen this month. But, uh, with that, if you're going to hunt monsters with a bunch of creepy dudes, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. It's, you know, comes in a nice tiny 10 pouch, smaller than the Bloodstone, and it will get you like jacked up like, you know, the man thing 
with some caffeine to get you going. And with that, we'll be right back. Or, I'll be right back. <laughs> this Halloween, you can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Tonight, it is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. But one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. So this is going to be a weird one because normally I'm not here doing this by myself. Uh, not only am I uh, having to keep you folks entertained with uh, my general bullshit knowledge of uh, of movies and whatnot, I also have to run all the recording equipment. Which you know, lately I've been editing, you know, learning how to edit and doing all the editing stuff. But yeah, Brad still usually is the one recording this show while we are while we are going so if it sounds weird it's my fault send brad a message and be like dude hurry up and get your ass back here because joe sucks at this and listening to him ramble for i don't know this may be a short podcast an hour or so uh gets kind of boring <laughs> uh as you know as uh as you've heard me talk about uh, probably numerous times, Halloween is my favorite time of the year. I mean, last last episode we talked about day shift and you know the hunting uh, vampires. Well, couldn't let Halloween pass without doing at least a second episode on some spooky shit. And uh, this week we're talking about kind of Disney plus AKA Marvel's uh, they're calling it a TV special. So it's not a, I think it's only an hour long. So it's not really a, what I would consider a feature length movie, but werewolf by night, which if you're not familiar with the kind of the, it was like an old Marvel, I guess kind of horror esque comic. Uh, but you may have heard us mention it previously because I, and like I said, I may be wrong. Yeah. You know, it's not like I actually Google these things, but it was the first appearance of moon Knight, which we really like that series. Uh, and Marvel comics, he was introduced in werewolf by night. And the main character of that comic is, and this is how I know they were doing a lot of drugs back then because the werewolf character is named Jack Russell. Yes, like the Terrier. And, hmm, yeah, the guy named Jack Russell is uh, a werewolf. Surprise. <laughs> but, yeah, so this was kind of Marvel's Halloween uh, uh, special entry into the MCU, which it seems like it's kind of becoming a new thing, these little one-off 
where it's not a not a series uh like some of the Disney Plus stuff. It's not a full length Marvel movie, but it's like a quick holiday special. I mean, we've got the Werewolf by Night for Halloween and we're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I hope it's better than the Star Wars Christmas special, which I've heard rumors they may try to do another one of those. So <laughs> if Kids, if, if, if you're not old enough and don't remember the attempt at the Star Wars Christmas special, which is widely regarded as some of the worst thing uh, things ever released cinematically, uh, so much so that, like, until Disney Plus, I think, brought it back, it, it was never released. Like, if you, if you didn't see it when it was on TV, like, literally you had to find, like, these bootleg VHS copies at uh, at different con vendor halls. It was... I think it exists on... I'm pretty I'm pretty sure now Disney Plus has it, but yeah, I, I think it, you can you could find some of it on YouTube, but one good thing that came out of it, it was the first appearance of Boba Fett. Boba Fett was uh, introduced in an animated uh, feature during that Star Wars Christmas special. And you know, speaking of the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special... I'll be talking about that when uh, I get to nerd news. Uh, so, we'll see. <laughs> so yes, Werewolf by Night, uh, starring Gal, and I may horribly mispronounce any of these, Gal Garcia Bernal as Jack Russell, a.k.a. the Werewolf by Night. Uh, Laura Donnelly as Elsa Bloodstone. And uh, Harriet Harris, no relation, as Verusa Bloodstone, yeah, the uh, basically Jack is a uh, monster hunter afflicted with a curse that turns him into a werewolf. And in this one, there's a who is also like a kind of legendary Marvel monster hunter in the like you know Marvel uh, verse of Ulysses Bloodstone, who had this, basically, if he was, it was like a, I think it was like a chunk of a meteor that gave him powers and he used it to fight monsters. And it basically made him immortal or whatnot. And uh, Elsa is his estranged uh, daughter, who's also, like I said, in the the comics, a a monster uh, hunter herself, played by the, Awesome Laura Donnelly, which if you've never seen the series on uh, HBO Max uh, called The Nevers, so far they've only done one season of it, but she was kind of the leader on that show and like a total badass. I mean, awesome fight scenes, and we get kind of the same here in this in this series. It's I can best describe it as Victorian era X Men. That's you know, it's like a bunch of proper English people with superpowers, kind of like, uh, like, yeah, like steampunk X-Men, I guess would be another, another way to see it. So this starts off with, uh, blood, Ulysses Bloodstone, monster hunter, his magical weapon of choice is the Bloodstone. Like I said in the comics, it was the thing that gave him his powers, but somehow he has passed away. Uh, doesn't say if he finally died within a, on a monster hunt or what, but the show starts off with, um, a, um, bunch of hunters 
uh, you know, like the best of the best of the hunters, uh, gathering at his uh, estate to do a com- competition, a, a you know sacred hunt, and whoever is able to take down the creature gets the uh, bloodstone and becomes the new leader of the freaking hunters union or whatever the fuck they call themselves. <laughs> but what's unique about this project and probably one of the reasons why it was so good is they tried very hard to recreate the old uh, universal monsters movies like, you know, Nosferatu and the mummy and all those stuff from like the forties and early fifties. Like the, like the stuff you would see like on sci-fi, like late at night, those old black and white films. I mean, and they even, the whole thing uh, mostly is in black and white. And it even starts with uh, kind of a high def black and white version of the, like the Marvel crawl uh, intro that we see in like all the Marvel movies. I mean, even the title cards look like, some of those old 40s movies, they recreated that look and feel like so well. I mean, for for kind of a movie nerd, it was the effort that went into making this modern, probably decent budgeted film look like something that was created 70 years ago. And just and nailed it. I mean, it's all kind of grainy, and and like I said, that the black and white is just amazing. If you didn't know this was shot like now at you know freaking soundstage in Atlanta somewhere, you'd be like, oh, this is this is a, one of the classic. Uh, even the the soundtrack that like kind of orchestrate orchestral. That's even a fucking word. Uh, cinematic score that's like just kind of you know makes things either extra creepy or extra kind of big uh like I said, they nailed the recreation of that style of film it's like a minimalist thing so i mean even the the monsters just kind of just blend into that that style of of uh of uh, they look cool in black and white. Is I guess the word I'm I'm trying to make. <laughs> oh man, run the show by myself is not easy because you know when I have a brain fart and run out of things to say, there's usually like at least Brad to like pick up the slack. But yeah, you know, no dead air. But the hell this may end up being a thirty minute show. <laughs> oh, we shall see. But yeah, it starts off with this. You see Jack uh, arriving at this estate as one of the the hunters, and he's greeted by the like the other collection of the hunters. There's a um, a uh, kind of a big uh, Scottish uh, Scottish uh, hunter, and uh, there's a guy who at being this a monster hunting thing, I, I originally thought he was Blade, but no, just uh, another... Uh, and there was like a kind of a ninja-type dude, and there was some dude who looked like uh, Ziggy Stardust, our lady, 
whatever. But yeah, it was like a weird collection of, of hunters. And as a, and then um, Elsa shows up and apparently she's estranged from her father, did not appreciate the, uh, the way she was raised to be a, a, a slayer, a, a warrior hunter. And, and also apparently her stepmother's a kind of a crazy bitch. Um, she, uh, you know, returns on the, uh, on during her father's funeral. And she's like, you, you know, I'm surprised to see you here. And she's like, well, you know, give me what I came for and I can just piss right off and you ain't got to deal with me. And, uh, she's like, no, you gave up your rights to the bloodstone when you walked out. Yada, yada, yada. So she, she's like, you know, you're more than welcome to try to compete for it with all the other hunters and see how you do. And then it's very much a, uh, umbra- not umbrella fucking, uh, shit. The, the, the thing on, uh, squid games. Yes kind of competition where it's like not only are you going to be facing a monster unlike anything you've ever seen before but you're also fighting each other for the prize which seems like a kind of a dumb thing like hey we got this crew of like secret monster hunters cool somebody's gonna get the bloodstone but then we're gonna have to rebuild the monster hunters club because we just killed everybody (laughs) so yeah it's very much a blood sport uh competition and the effects too, like uh, Ulysses Bloodstone ends up uh, giving the instructions for the hunt himself. He gives his own uh, eulogy uh, slash instructions, and I mean has a very <laughs> wind up Jack in the Box uh, casket, and you know apparently his his final wishes were to uh, you know turn him into some kind of clockwork zombie so he could greet uh, <laughs> his his. And it's kind of fitting too, because he's like in this trophy. They're in this trophy room with like all these monsters' heads on the wall. I mean, there's one that looks like Bigfoot and Nosferatu, and like a whole bunch of other different monsters. You know, monsters. And there's you know weapons used in in the hunt. And so yeah, he's almost like just taxidermy and stick me up here with all my other uh, <laughs> other trophies, which is fucking weird, but looks cool as shit like, it's like yeah this hey maybe that's what i'll do when i die like hey somebody just like yeah turn me into some kind of clockwork zombie i'll you know wind me up and i'll like you know podcast <laughs> I mean, there's, there's enough like recordings of me speaking that it's like yeah we can just make you make you say whatever you want we'll just you know wind you up and just hit the soundboard and you know have the first podcast hosted by a corpse Or at least a current corpse. But it's Halloween. It's time for spooky things like that. And you even see, uh, like I said, uh, <laughs> uh, Jack coming in and greeting, you know, checking out all the hunters and looking at all the things. And he gets uh, greeted by the uh, <laughs> the Scottish uh, hunter. And he's like, He's like, you know, kind of a braggart dude. Like, he looks like he looks like some kind of barbarian. Like, he should be in like Lord of the Rings. And he's like, you know, I've I've killed thirty, you know, you know, thirty five uh, monsters. And he's like, oh yeah, that's that's quite a lot. Uh, and he's like, are any of these uh, 
heads hanging on the wall any of your guys and he's like oh no no these none of these are mine so, and he points at the like the vampire one and he's like but I, I've fought him a few times <laughs> he looks very familiar yes and then uh, <laughs> it's like I know this we're all supposed to be you know, preserve our our anonymity and, and all this but it gets lonely <laughs> it's like I just want a friend <laughs> Oh, I understand, Scottish hunter guy, whose name I don't recall. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, the corpse puppet gives them the instructions that tonight you will fight a monster like you've never seen before, and the bloodstone will be affixed to said monster, so whoever kills the monster can retrieve the stone and the stone will weaken the monster but it'll also piss it the fuck off and it's being released into this very you know labyrinth-esque garden slash maze slash mausoleum like cemetery thing I was like yeah if I was a, win that freaking lottery and get a billion dollars, I'll build one of these crazy ass uh, garden cemetery mazes. This thing looks badass. And so to start the hunt, uh, all the hunters draw runes. And you know, and the and the hunters are kind of pissed off. They're like, "Hey, you know, we've all like earned our medallions to be here. Who the what gives this Elsa chick the right to join our hunt?" And she's like, "Well, she's." She was Ulysses' family, so by, you know, decree, she is more than welcome. To, she has earned her right to join you in competing for the Bloodstone, but she's also fair game, uh, like all of y'all. So, y'all can kill her if you want. I ain't gonna protect her. Yeah, fucking evil, evil stepmoms and shit. But, yeah, so <laughs> Jack wins the, uh, the prize to go first on. He gets a head start on the hunt as the rest of them kind of do their secret handshake and, and make their, repeat their, uh, whatever, I guess the decree of the, the hunters, hunters guild. And it's, uh, Oh, here's the name of, uh, Additional monster hunters played by Kirk R. Thatcher as Jovan, Eugene Bandorani as Azrael, Leonardo Lamb as Lorne, and Daniel J. Watts as Brasso Al Hamacha. Which I think that is the. Uh, that may. Oh no, as Daniel J. Watts as Brasso and Al Hamacher appears as Billy Swan. And I don't remember which is which. Maybe I should look that up. <laughs> but uh yeah he gets a first crack at the monster and like you know once they're all inside the the maze it's every man for himself or woman or whatever the weird uh Ziggy Stardust looking looking thing is but uh as we soon find out, uh, well, he like runs into uh, Elsa pretty quickly and and 
it's the first time we've we've kind of kind of get the the clue that uh he might not be uh as he appears cuz he just runs into her and like I said they're 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 supposed to hunt each other as well and he's just like ah we could just pass each other by i don't have the need to to fight you and uh but then the scotsman shows up and immediately attacks elsa and he uses that as his opportunity to to piss off uh so yeah the ziggy sardust looking character uh, is uh asriel uh the uh, one the guy who I thought was Blade is Barrasso, uh, Daniel J. Wants. He looks like uh, the 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 ninja is Leonardo Nam as Lorne, and Joven was the 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 cool uh, Scotsman with badass uh, axe. But she doesn't manage to get away from him, knock his ass out, and and jack his his uh, his axe, and uh, immediately runs into. Uh, uh, Lorne, who uh, pops out of a <laughs> pops out of a, a crypt with a badass uh, wrist-mounted crossbow, and fight ensues. And yeah, like I said, uh, Lord Donnelly is Elsa. She is like I mean, she does some badass fight scenes. Or who her stunt person is, if she's got one, is is quite skilled. Because the fight scene with her and and uh, <laughs> Lorne, I mean. She chops his arm off and ends up killing him with with his own severed hand. <laughs> she cuts off the arm with the uh, the crossbow uh, and uh, then snipes him with his own like crossbow on his severed hand. Brilliant. And then uses his body to to hide from uh, <laughs> hide from a uh, Jovan as he comes back and uh, retrieves his axe. But yeah, the. Like I said, this is not a. It's kind of a slow burn. There's not a, like not a huge action sequences, starting off. But then once the action sequences hit, they're fucking awesome. Like I said, the fight with with uh, those two, uh, and even uh, uh, Jovan previously were were pretty badass. Like all right, you know, I see y'all are trying to do this uh, old school horror movie, but. There's still some Marvel-esque action in here. And then uh, you see Jack, because I said at this point, this hasn't been revealed that he's not a hunter. But, you know, walking past a a bush, a a, a very green arm pops out and grabs him. And then it's like, hey, buddy. And we get the reveal of our monster. It's none other than the man thing, which always kind of like the man thing character. He's kind of shown up in a lot of stuff. If you're not familiar with man thing, he's a pretty much Marvel's version of swamp thing. Uh, he's a guy that was involved in a, it seems like there is a lot of Marvel origin stories that are, we were trying to recreate the super soldier program from, uh, that made captain America and we fucked it up where he likes that. He was a, a scientist uh, by the name of Ted who uh, got exposed to some kind of chemical and ended up bonding with the flora in the, uh, in the Everglades and became this 
man thing that is kind of a creature of made of plant matter, but also he has like he's a monster, but he's very like empathetic and like you know very. But he he has this like acid touch that will burn anyone who has fear in their heart and just kind of like grabs people and, and fucks them up. So yeah, <laughs> you see them like greeting each other like old buddies, and he's like, dude, like. I fucking told you to be careful. And he's like, and he's like, he's like, bullshit. You weren't careful. Like I'm the one who's always having to uh, come rescue you. And like, no more. It's the last time I'm doing this. <laughs> he's like, st- he's like, I-, I brought this tiny little grenade puck. I'm going to, I got a plan. I'm going to blow a hole, get us out of here. Just like chill out. Let me go. Uh, let me go figure out, a, uh, find a good place to, to start our escape. Uh, and I'll be back. And he, Wanders into a crypt, uh, trying to avoid, uh, one of the hunters that, uh, uh, popped up and ends up running into Elsa, who's in there, like, and he's like, you're, you got an injury, can I help you? And she's like, no, and you're like, fuck off. And he's like, all right, but, you know, you're trying to put on a tourniquet there and you're not doing a very good job of it. Uh, it's gotta be on tight, it's not gonna work, just please, why don't you let, like, I'm, not here to kill you. <laughs> if I wanted you dead, I could just sit here and wait till you bleed out. But, you know, allow me to treat your wounds. And they kind of get a little friendly. And she, you know, she's like, you know, why? You're like, you didn't want to fight me earlier. And you didn't want to fight Jovan. Like, what's your, why are you here if you're not a hunter? And he's like, well, I'm not really that type of hunter. Uh, and she's like, yeah, yeah, neither am I. And he's like, I don't care about the bloodstone. Like, you can have it. Like, I'm here because I want to free the monster. Like, help me get the monster out of here, and you can have the bloodstone. I'll I'll help you get it back. So they kind of come to a an agreement, and she's uh remembers an old story that her, her father told her that I guess her crazy aunt would would uh rise up from the grave someday and she's like well if she actually believed she was going to able to be resurrected she would need a key to get out of this crypt we're locked in locked in so sure enough they open up her uh her tomb and find keys and also like a badass like grappling claw thing it's very much like a video game like oh i found a found a power up it's like like a very much very much a uh castlevania like you know simon belmont type of toy that will you know come into play later on and you know he tells he's like all right you know you go find my friend i'll go find the spot to set off the bomb to get us out of here and she's like all right he's like all right when you see him just greet him as an old friend call him by his name she's like all right what's his name the monster his name is ted (laughs) she's like ted okay that's a weird name for a monster uh but you know Sure enough, she's running through the <laughs> the maze and runs back into Joven, who uh, all of a sudden Man-Thing appears and just, like, grabs his head and freaking, you know, melts, melts him and then, like, you know, growls at her and then she's like, you must be Ted. And he's, like, immediately stops, like, oh, you know my, you called me by my name. You know, like, what's up? Uh, like, come with me. Uh, we'll get you to your friend Jack. <laughs> but yeah, just him going from, like, Beast mode, like what? You called me Ted? No, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> oh, and sure enough, you know, 
Jack has a little trouble with the explosives, but manages to set them off, and Elsa snags the stone off of uh, Man-Thing as he's uh, with her cool grappling hook thing uh, as he's escaping. But then Jack tries to pick up the stone and hand it to her, but since he is a werewolf by night, the stone, like, zaps him, and they're like, all the hunters arrive and, like, oh, he's a monster pretending to be one of us, and you helped him, so now you're both in trouble, and knock them both out with sweet taser sticks. And they all wake up inside a giant bird cage back in the, uh, back in the, the thing, and Elsa's like, all like, she's like, just, you know, stay away from me until you can't. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I know you're a monster, and they're going to execute me and just like let you eat me. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not that kind of a monster. I, I track the moon. I keep track of that shit. I lock myself up to keep everybody safe. And like, we've got five days before the next full moon. Like we're good. We've got plenty of time to escape this. She's like, you don't understand. The bloodstone has the power to train five days. We've got five minutes. They're about to like turn you to a monster and, and have you eat me. So he's like, all right, here's the, you know, goes over and starts sniffing her very quickly. So what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to get your scent to like, whatever happens, do not break eye contact. And hopefully by memorizing your scent, you know, I will recognize you once I change and I won't harm you. And she's like, will it work? And he's like, yeah, it worked once. <laughs> so better than an alternative. But then he gives this great speech where, you know, the you know, crazy uh, Verusa comes in and, you know, starts mouthing off and he's just like uh, you think he's kind of begging for his life but he's actually almost like threatening them because he's like he's like please please don't do this uh if you if you want to kill me kill me now how's it go if you want to kill me kill me now as i am for once i change there will be no mercy <laughs> so i was like that's fucking badass and sure enough they do a magic chant and turn him in but like i said they're they're going for the kind of minimalist old school fifties or forty, you know, or that forties horror vibe. So we don't actually see the trans transformation, but the way they shoot it is so much better because Elsa, who has been this totally like tough ass chick through the this whole movie, she's seeing his transformation. So all we're doing is hearing like the, the noises of the transformation and the camera is just doing the slow push on her face as she's watching him change. And just the absolute look of horror and fear that's on this character's face that has been like a total nonchalant badass is holding like that. I think that like, so that slow push on just her reaction to the change was better than seeing the change itself. Like it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, she was just straight horrified. And even after the change, we, it's a few beats before we actually see what Jack looks like. I mean, we get, you know, Verusa talking shit a little bit too close to the cage and, you know, a hairy arm reaches out and grabs her arm and, and tries to pull her in the cage. And all of a sudden, all the the evil henchmen come in with their, their stun sticks. And, and for some reason, it starts smoking. It turns, turns foggy in there all of a sudden. And they're all trying to, like, tase them. And then it gets too smoky and nobody can see. And then they look up and there's, like, you know, a hole in the top of the cage where something has ripped out. 
and everyone's like looking around trying to trying to figure out what's going on and all of a sudden he just like jumps down from like hanging off one of the one of the uh trophies and it starts murking dudes and then like finally you get like a pose of him just standing there and even then it's like backlit very shadowy so you don't get to see a lot of the detail of it like i said it's still they could have gone like full cg i mean because man things like a full cgi character and i mean they could have gone that but no they still look like it looked almost practical but it was like so like in in shadow and not really like direct that like you said it it can still concealed a lot even when you got like the full shot of it and then he just kind of just starts I mean, bites one dude's ear off and then gets into a whole fight with like a you know we know Marvel loves to do a hallway fight scenes so he ends up in this kind of hallway leading toward the exit and like fighting all the the stun gun guys and just I mean, it's ripping dudes apart. I mean, it's it's all black and white and kind of in a shadowy area with only lights coming from, like, an open door. But blood is getting, like, slung into the camera. And it's, I mean, it's impressive for, uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is pretty badass. And then Elsa herself escapes and joins the fight and, you know, grabs her, her father's sword and takes out two of the, <laughs> two of the hunters uh, and some sweet sword battle. I mean, one dude, I mean, blocks dude shut dude like blocks her shot her sword ends up low and she ends up just kicking his foot out from under him and he ends up like falling neck first onto the blade i'm like all right that's like a pimp move and then uh fighting uh azarel like ends up like you know running her through the with the sword uh it like she's like said she <laughs> recovered from that moment of fear to like be a total badass and then ended up even saving um saving uh jack because you know after he takes all out all the henchmen uh verusa comes back with the bloodstone and he tries to charge her and she just zaps him with the bloodstone and and starts to try to fry him with that and when elsa runs back with the with the uh her little yeah whatever grabby uh grappling hook thing and yanks her uh <laughs> off of off of jack and and knocks her out but then she goes to check on on Jack and he, you know, leaps upon her and but you know, the you know, she's just very try to stay very calm. She's like, you know, Jack, are you still in there? And kinda of reaches up and like scruffs his chin and he finally like gets that look of recognition, like, Oh, okay, this person's not food. I can I can fuck off now. And he uh, runs out the uh <laughs> emergency exit or whatever, because... They had and then crazy stepmom returns and has a pretty sweet blunderbuss and is like you've you've let him scream you've let him go you were a freaking disappointment and now you're gonna die as you know and so you can no longer taint the memory of your of the bloodstone name yada 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 and then we get man things return who <laughs> since. Jack is is the one who always have to save him, you know. He's like had to, you know, and Jack got caught saving him. He uh Ted had to return to to uh save his buddy, but his buddy had already escaped on his own. But yeah, he comes crashing in through the skylight and just double acid hands uh that bitch and just like fucking melts the shit out of her. <laughs> and the look on Elsa, she's like just 
amused by this. It's kind of like, oh, Ted came back and saved me. <laughs> and then Des is looking at her just kind of like, kind of shrugs. <laughs> and she's like, oh, uh, yeah, he, he kind of has to look like, I'm here to rescue Jack. And she's like, oh, he went went that way. He's like, oh, okay, kind of like waves goodbye. And, just, and then like it cuts to this like overhead shot of this whole room where there's just freaking bodies scattered everywhere and like the con the switch of man thing from monster to to ted is just like like it was before when she called him by the name and all of a sudden he's like oh and like hi how nice to meet you and monster talk but you see him kind of like gingerly like tiptoeing over bodies through the room like oh sorry i i killed some people uh i'll just be going just <laughs> it was very, it was very funny watching him just kind of tiptoe over bodies trying to get out of the room and then you know stops and he's like well if uh jack has gone uh uh werewolf mode he's probably gonna be naked whenever i find him so here let me grab this discarded uh robe from one of the one of the cultists so uh, he has something to wear once i find him and you know, wanders off into the night and yeah elsa being the last <laughs> last hunter standing claims her birthright of the bloodstone and like the one survivor is the uh the the weird butler and he's just like uh, excuse me ma'am i just wanted to uh make make myself uh, uh at your service she's like yeah fine clean up all these fucking bodies and like go get me a whiskey or something and just kind of sits down in a chair like ah i can i can relax now and then it does this thing where because the whole thing there they never give you a a year. There's never like 1873, but it being in black and white and everyone using kind of antique weapons, which I figure that's the hunter way. You never know when this is taking place in the Marvel universe. Cause we know there's kind of rumors, teases that they were eventually going to get a, uh, uh, midnight suns with, you know, blade and moon Knight and all these other kind of more, supernatural branch of of marvel but like i said the way this looked it could have been 1940s everyone's kind of wearing generic not really clothing that could have been from like any era but yeah it really looks like it's it's you know everything's kind of antique you know, there's no cell phones or nothing like that. And, you know, nothing, no, you don't even see any vehicles, so there's nothing really to give it away. But then, uh, as soon as Elsa picks up the Bloodstone, it kind of starts playing, uh, was it Somewhere Over the Rainbow from, like, Wizard of Oz? And everything starts to, kind of like if you've ever seen the original Wizard of Oz, it starts off black and white and then switches to color. And everything, like I said, when they start playing that song, everything slowly starts to regain color. Almost like the black and white was just an effect of the bloodstone. Cause every time you saw the bloodstone, it was in color, but nothing else was. So once I guess she claimed the bloodstone, everything went back to proper color. And you're like, Oh, this may actually be current times. You know, maybe we'll see man thing and werewolf by night in some kind of future Marvel property. You know, if we do get a midnight sun or fucking show up in blade or something, which would be badass. Cause like I said, Man Thing is just a cool character, and and then it cuts to the humanity of Man Thing just cracks me up because it cuts to Jack waking up 
in the morning and he's in like a little like man things built him a little hut he's like he's like in a little hut and dude's just sitting by the fire playing solitaire with like oversized cards and there's like a french press next to the he's like he's made coffee there's a french press next to the next to the fire and he's already got a cup waiting for <laughs> check when he wakes up and you know he's just, just i mean you can only hear one side of the conversation cuz the rest of it sounds like monster grunts but he's like did you make it out? He's like, oh, good, good. And then, you know, he says something and he he laughs at whatever he says. Like he's told him it's kind of, it's like two buddies busting each other's balls. He's just like, you know, kind of laughs at the joke. And he's like, uh, he's like, no, no, no. I'm I'm the one that always has to rescue you. You 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 did not rescue me. <laughs> he's like, all right, fine. What are we What are we having for dinner? Sushi? Okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll get sushi. <laughs> it's just, it's just ridiculous. These two monsters having a a very friendly conversation and i hope we get hell maybe this becomes an annual christmas thing we get like you know werewolf by night chapter two next next hour some of these characters show up in midnight suns or some other future marvel property who knows at this point but i am down for it let me see what else um yeah, I, this being where I kind of wanted uh, Moon Knight to show up at some point, you know, uh, or Conchu or something, you know, just since uh, that uh, originally walked in or whatever. That's where uh, kind of Moon Knight's origin came from that uh, that comic. But yeah, for like this kind of one hour long uh, special event. It, I liked it. I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I hope they hope they do more of these. And then I saw another movie that uh, as good as Moon Knight was, this one is equally bad. And maybe I got. I still have to go back and watch it again because maybe uh, the fact that I watched it back to back with Moon Knight tainted my opinion of of this other movie but the rob zombies monsters that we we talked about on uh, nerd news previously it's not good and i i mean rob zombie as a director is kind of polarized some people hate him some people I mean, i've always liked rob zombies uh stuff but dude should stick to legit horror i don't know if comedy is his thing. And I get what he was trying to do. Everyone's like, well, this is a guy writing a love letter to the original monsters. And he tried to recreate that wacky sixties or where I'm going to that, that style of comedy. But I don't think Sherry moon zombie, just the voice she does is, is, is irritating. Like, sound like it's not so much the the actor's performance as the kind of material. I mean, it it had a late night sci fi feel to it. Like, like it, like it was intentionally trying to be a cheesy, low budget horror thing but we're 
Werewolf by Night did a great job of recreating that classic look with the black and white and the old style logos and all that and, and the sounds. This was all in color. And it was... If you've ever looked at... Because um, Original Monsters was in, in black and white. But if you ever looked at photos, color photos from the filming and the set of that stuff, everything was really bright colors. I mean, I guess you have to do bright colors to make it look good when you shoot in black and white. I mean, even like uh, whatever Grandpa Monsters face is like more blue than it and it appears like kind of white and gray in, in the black and white so it's all done in like i guess proper color for the time but it's also instead of like we're werewolf by night's kind of grainy look to it it's shot in really high def which with those colors and the high def shots just made it look cheap and and not in a good way. Like, it looked like something that should have been a YouTube show. Like, something that, like, you know, a couple people just kind of made on their own and, and <laughs> released on YouTube. Not a, I don't know what the budget is, you know, big budget Netflix Hollywood affair. And it's just like, I don't think I laughed once in this, <laughs> almost in this entire movie. I was just like... I had such high hopes because I, I love the monsters. I love Rob Zombie, but this one just mixed, missed the mark. And I said, I, I haven't watched it again. I think it, like I said, I really liked Werewolf by Night, so it may have tainted my experience of, of the monsters. Uh, maybe one day uh, when I have a little time, I'll sit down and finally give that a, a second shot. But I think it would have been a lot better if it had been shot in the traditional black and white, like the TV show was. And it, it, it's a prequel. It kind of ends with, and it kind of cuts to black and white at the end when it's like, all right, this is where the show starts off, but this is showing how they all, how Lily met Herman, how they got married, how the shenanigans that occurred to cause them to move to America, to uh, the famous 1313 Mockingbird Lane and all that. So it's kind of a, a prequel to the monsters, but there's just a lot of dumb shit in it. I mean, the if I had to pick a positive, and like I said, I don't know, Sherry Moon's like her, I guess her performance was kind of like the original stuff, but just, I don't know, the voice just got on my nerve. But the guy who played, and I can't remember his name right now, but the guy playing Grandpa Monster is fucking perfect. Like, as bad as this movie was to me, like his scenes and his acting was hilarious. Like I said, that guy playing that character, I'm good with. Uh, I would like to have seen him in a better version of the monsters, but it wasn't that bad. I was like, I was actually kind of, you know, like I said, his performance alone, I'm sign off on, but the rest of the movie, uh, and, and yeah, Whatever Herman's always been a, a dad joke type person, but yeah, just oh man, the, even me a connoisseur of dad jokes, just the, the the the, and it may have been uh, one of my friends pointed this out that it very much was trying to be of that era of the monsters, but 
society has changed so much that, I mean, if you showed that to your grandpa who actually watched the Munsters, they may have been like, oh, this is funny as shit. This is just like what I grew up with. But me as an adult was like, I don't find most of this funny. <laughs> I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, hell, hit me up in the comments. You know, Send us an email. Send us a DM. Hit us up on the Facebooks, the whatevers, the YouTubes. And since I don't have a cigar to uh, wrap up and give you a final review of, I guess this will be it for this uh, this episode. Uh, check us out on if you're watching this on YouTube. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Uh, if you're an audio only listener, I'm gonna try to do some science and news by myself. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. the 42 cast we want to bring you everything and that's why we've jam-packed the next few months with as much as we can you not only get the same reviews topics and interviews that you did before you also get screen reads where we compare a movie to its source material or role models where we talk about tabletop gaming it's never been a more exciting time to check out our show it's your ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything so why not check it out we can be found on most podcasting platforms, and we are a proud member of the ESO Network. Yes, science! And welcome back. It's time for some science. Yes, science! Gotta add my own backup sound effects this time around. Yeah, I got some science for you peoples. Happy Halloween. So since it is Halloween, my first story is caskets were invented to avoid, avoid a vulgar feature of coffins. <laughs> uh, apparently there is a difference between the word casket and coffin. Coffin is the kind of the traditional design that you see in a lot of haunted houses of the six-sided box that's uh wider at the uh kind of the shoulder area and narrower at the feet area and caskets are your modern day kind of big rectangular boxes with uh ornamentation and whatnot but uh apparently um the the reason why caskets were invented is uh and apparently coffin is uh French for little basket. There's something else uh you've uh you've learned this week. But uh kinda as time went on, people were less and less comfortable being around dead bodies. 
So the kind of the shape of the casket uh, may, reminded people that were standing over a dead body when mourning it at the funeral. So basically caskets were invented because, you know, like I said, they're just a four-sided rectangular uh, rectangular box. Um, so it's uh, less likely to invoke that, uh, oh, this is a human that we are, a dead human that we are all standing over. It's and apparently uh back in the day it was uh it was also kind of a thing used by uh casket salesmen to kinda of like look down on uh on caskets where it's like uh casket is a you know a, a, a used by the funeral industry to distinguish itself and to and you know say the things in this box are, are precious content uh, where, where coffins can just be built by any carpenter who can just build them out of woods, but a casket, that's something fancy. You know, it's, it's, it's worth the more money we're going to charge you. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the, uh, the traditional coffin people was like, yeah, caskets, a vile modern phrase. I, I, uh, when it, which compels a person to shrink from the idea of being buried. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh it was basically a marketing tool to try to sell people on the fancier, more expensive caskets. And going from weird shit to weird shit, manipulating light can induce psychedelic experiences, and scientists aren't quite sure why. So for those of us that can't afford uh good hallucinogens, Apparently, just kind of flickering lights can cause a trippy uh, effect. Uh, they call it a Gaussian flicker effect, uh, which can be achieved by turning a light on and off or by alternating colors in rapid rhythmic patterns like a strobe light. So that's kind of why when you go to a lot of haunted houses, there's tends to be strobe lights or something in there. But like I said, it, this can create an instant psychedelic experience. Uh the the Gans flicker elicits uh, striking visual phenomena, which can be geometric shapes and illusory colors, but sometimes also complex objects such as animals and faces, all without chemical stimulants. In fact, there's a uh, a few people who have uh, the effect was first documented in 1819 by physio physiologist Jan Perkinji. I don't know discovered that illusory patterns could appear when f when he faced the sun and waved his hands in front of it with closed eyes uh and you know even in the uh, the 60s someone uh invented a uh it was a um kind of a machine they called the dream machine which was basically a a, a tube with the slits in it that had a light in the middle that would spin at, at various speeds and you know the actual science office has found that the the frequencies of the flicker, if you can kind of sequence it with the natural rhythmic uh, electrical pulses of the brain, the closer the flickering of the light is to your actual kind of brain uh, natural rhythm, the more likely you are to have some kind of psychedelic experience. So like I said, if you can't afford acid, there you go. 
and probably something that you shouldn't see while on acid, uh, googly eyes on cars. Yeah, anyone who's been to Dragon Con lately knows the power of some googly eyes. But now, giving cars massive googly eyes makes crossing roads safer, study finds. <laughs> As self-driving cars become more commonplace, kind of the question is uh, on everyone is, how do they react to pedestrians and how do I know it's that this vehicle actually sees me and it's safe to cross the street? So a, uh, a Japanese uh, company has uh, come up with a ridiculous solution. Uh, basically, they've added massive googly eyes to, uh, to their cars. <laughs> so fucking stupid. So basically the eyes tell pedestrians that the car has spotted them. So the onboard detection system, uh, when it detects a person or, you know, on the side of the roadway, the car's googly eyes will look at that person, letting them know that the car has indeed recognized them. So they know it's safe to cross the street. It's fucking weird. <laughs> For the study, researchers employed a golf buggy that had tinted windows on the front to make it appear as if no one was driving. They then attached large eyes to the front of the <laughs> that were controlled by the researchers remotely, and a virtual reality pedestrian crossing environment was set up uh, so that participants didn't actually get run over. Uh, but yeah, it would like I said the googly eyes let people know that it was uh, that it w was safe uh, and our kind of made people feel it was safer crossing the road uh, without, you know, getting ran over. Also would probably scare the shit out of people if you were on acid like the previous story. And it's not a Cigar Nerd Science segment unless we talk about killer robots. And apparently the Netherlands has become the first NATO country to deploy killer robots. Motherfuckers. How many times do I got to tell you, if you don't want Skynet, you don't want Terminators, quit building fucking Terminators. So, uh, the Netherlands has become the first NATO country to deploy armed, uncrewed ground vehicles, UGVs as they're calling them, into an operational environment in which the tracked robots, so they're like little tanks with various weapons pods mounted on, on top of them, little mini tanks, uh, Yes, they've uh, joined a military unit and become part of the defense force. Uh, some are unarmed, while others are carrying large automatic machine guns for use in firefights. Uh, and then, then they say, we have deployed our four weaponized unmanned machines within, within an operational experiment. Lieutenant Colonel Melvison, commander of the Royal Netherlands Army Robotics and Autonomous Systems Unit, uh, told the media uh, the machines have been handed over to experimental use, but it's they are in actual kind of military-relevant environments and not simply in some kind of training ground. So these things are actually on the battlefield. Uh, you know, so we, you know, they see if they actually function in a semi-operational environment. Uh, they call them the UGVs will be Tracked Hybrid Modular Infantry Systems, the MIS. 
which were created by an Estonian defense company. When armed, the MIS can be armed with either 30mm autocannons, 40mm grenade launchers, light or heavy machine guns, or anti-tank missiles. Uh, it's, uh, so when World War III uh, breaks out, there be robots. That's all I got for you this week. Be right back with some nerd news. And now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And welcome back. It is time for some nerd news. Yeah, news. So we got a couple trailers uh, this week for some uh, upcoming movies. First off, we mentioned it earlier. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special dropped a trailer this week. And it looks pretty damn funny. It's basically the Guardians uh, want to cheer up uh, Peter, who apparently is still sad of since Gamora's gone, and it's nearing Earth on Christmas. So Drax and Mantis decide to travel to Earth to find him the perfect present, which may mean kidnapping Kevin Bacon. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm down. I mean, it look it looks pretty funny. Looks like Groot's finally back to being full size again. <laughs> no more teen Groot like we've seen previously. Like Groot looks like a like a grown ass tree man now, and that should be coming out uh, November twenty fifth. Uh, continuing in the Marvel uh, area, we also have the first trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, uh, which goes, kind of releases sometimes this February, and apparently, uh, uh. Scott's daughter invents a basically a communication satellite with the quantum realm and they all get sucked into the quantum realm. Turns out there's a whole universe beneath our universe, a tiny universe as you will. And it looks like this is where we're going to get the introduction of the next big bad of the Marvel universe. The thing we're kind of working toward in this next phase where Previously, we were working up to uh, Thanos and the Infinity War. We, I mean, we've had a few post-in-game in movies, but nothing with a real... It's kind of showed, like, the the big new bad of this uh, this uh, series of the Marvel Legends. And we get King the Conqueror. Apparently, he is the leader of the, uh, the microverse, and I guess that's where he's going to invade earth from i mean we got a version of him in the loki series uh with the the one who remains but now it looks like we're getting straight up king the conqueror you know and it looks pretty badass i mean a whole lot of crazy alien shit it looks like it's almost a, a guardians movie and bill murray's in it so there is that continuing right along got a couple non uh marvel movies coming out uh Got a what looks like a cool action revenge type movie starring Robert De Niro uh, called Savage Salvation. Uh, basically, he's a sheriff of a small town who's kind of overrun with uh, the opiate problem. And his, uh, I believe it's his son, who's like appears to be some kind of badass, uh, comes back to town, is gets involved with this uh with this woman and then you know gets engaged and then she ODs and he goes on a vengeance spree trying to clean up the town by taking on the cartels 
And while Robert De Niro is trying to track him down and stop him from just murking drug dealers right and left, like a kind of a kind of a cool twist on the on the Punisher story. It looks uh, looks pretty dope. Uh, and also another uh, anyone here a fan of? Do you remember the old movie from was it the eighties or hell? It might have been the nineties. House Party. Well, apparently they are remaking House Party. Uh, two high school students in need of some money decide to throw a party. But instead of throwing it at their parents' house when they're out of town, they're throwing it at LeBron James's mansion. And shit gets wild. I'm kind of... it. The trailer looks pretty damn funny. And kind of in this over serious uh world we find ourselves in now it's like real kind of like balls of the wall comedy movies like i can't remember the last one to come out we haven't had like big comedy in a long damn time so it's it's kind of awesome to see someone doing comedy again so i'm while normally not a fan of reboots and remakes this looks freaking good so, like I said, we'll see how uh, how that pans out. Yeah, you know, and also, well, kind of with the nerd news, um, always talk about uh, killer robots. We got a killer, kind of a twist on the uh, creepy doll horror movie. Uh, we got a movie called Megan, which is M three G A N, which is uh, basically a brilliant toy company. Company Roboticist uses artificial intelligence to develop Megan, a lifelike doll programmed to emotionally bond with her uh, owners. And yeah, she turns into a murder bot quite quickly. So if you're creeped out by by dolls and whatnot, here's a, another horror movie for you to check out in the near future. But that's all I got for you this week. Uh, check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're on the ESO network at esonetwork.com we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Cigar Nerd Pod we're also on the YouTubes, go give us a like and a subscribe we not only have like video shows of this show, I also do other random shit on there to check it out uh, and with that when I change there will be no mercy Good night. happy Halloween <laughs> And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.